Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to HeartBlend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I focus on emotional care and empowerment for empaths, sensitive souls, and those that resonate with my content. Hello, I'm so excited and happy to have you. And today we are going to talk about triggers in the working environment. Now, this one is very similar to the dating scene of things and relationships, but it's in a different way. So sometimes you may find people that succeed with relationships, but struggle with their work life or their career, or they're really excelling in their career and their work life, but they struggle in relationships. Either way, each section of your life is connected to those different triggers in some circumstances. So when it comes to the workplace triggers, a lot of times these are related to parental triggers, your self-esteem, triggers from school or feeling competent, your self-worth. Sometimes even the way you relate to people can be triggered and also fears around failure and success can also be triggered or come up for you in the workplace. So it's very common to deal with triggers at work. And I'm going to kind of break down a lot of those different ways that those triggers happen. So that way we can gain some better understanding and insight as to why we may feel so triggered at work. As we all know, everything really starts in childhood. So We know that's the foundation of the way that our beliefs are created and formed, but it doesn't mean that we can't change them. We absolutely can change them. We just have to do a little more work, honestly, within ourselves to get there. And honestly, as you guys have heard me say, nothing is hard. Like nothing is hard. We make it hard. We make everything hard through our beliefs. So the most challenging thing in the world is shifting, breaking down, removing, demolishing those old beliefs that don't serve you, believing in new things that do serve you, sticking with it and stepping into that new individual. If you can do that, if you can master that, you can have the entire universe, okay? I'm just being honest with you. The world is yours. Once you learn how to control and master over yourself, it will become easier once you gain the confidence that you can do it. But that's literally the only thing that makes anything challenging is shifting your brain into that new belief. So I understand that. But the first way that we have to do that as far as changing our brain and our mind is awareness. And that's the gift I'm giving you through every podcast is really bringing you to a new awareness. So here we go. Here we go. Okay, let's start off with the parental triggers. So depending on how you grew up, typically parents are authoritative 
figures in our lives. So a lot of times, however our parents were to us, in our minds, we create these, I want you to think of it as you create characters that copy the characters that have been a part of your life as a child. But you just apply that same role, like a casting call, with different people in different areas of your lives. So your parents are kind of like your first bosses, right? So they're kind of like your first bosses. They're telling you what to do. They're telling you what they expect of you. They're telling you how to do it. So depending on how your parent was, maybe your parent was very strict or maybe they were really chill and relaxed or whatever the case may be. That to you has created some type of belief around a boss, right? A boss figure in some ways. When it comes to the discipline side of things, when it comes to the guidance, when it comes to them supporting you, all of these kinds of things become what you expect from someone that holds a similar characteristic. So parental triggers are really big because we don't realize that it's coming from a parent because our brains are so interesting and complex in the way that it just kind of stores that information and then it reapplies it to new bodies and individuals. And through that, we will begin to perceive others through that lens. So let's say you had a really strict parent. Now, this can go several different ways. One, you might feel that you need something that's kind of strict in your life to give yourself that structure. Sometimes that can make you feel more comfortable to have something more strict. Or you can be completely resistant towards it and it can really irk you, especially if you receive more punishment versus discipline. A lot of people kind of mix those two together, but discipline comes from the intention of guiding you towards the right direction. Punishment comes in from a space of invoking way more negative emotion, rather it's causing physical harm, physical pain, making you feel guilty, making you feel bad. You are a bad child. You are bad. You didn't do this right. You're stupid. You're this, you're that. Whatever it is we may have received from a parent that is tied to a negative reaction. So sometimes when you have a boss or manager that has a bit of those characteristics that seem strict or they're saying, well, why do you do it like that? That's stupid or whatever. That's going to trigger you because it's coming from that space of how you felt when you were a child, when your parent was punishing you or disciplining you or however the case was. If you didn't like it, you're going to feel those same reactions when you're in the space of the person that is that authoritative figure now in your work life that may be giving you some of that feedback, okay? So you have that, or or maybe your parents were very relaxed and they kind of just let you do whatever you wanted to do. 
Now, because this may be how you view authoritative figures, you might say, oh, well, I mean, normally I could just do whatever I want. And let's say you receive a manager or boss that is a complete opposite of that. And they're like, no, I need you to do this. You're going to feel like, what? Like you might feel more triggered because there's a feeling there that makes you feel as though you are being more restricted than you may actually be restricted in some sense. Does that make sense? So if you have someone that is a little bit more strict, they're telling you, nope, we got to get this work done. This is what we need from you, blah, blah, blah. And that's not what you're used to. Your parents weren't like that. So when you view this person as they are meant to be an authoritative figure in your work life, it can feel like, oh, this isn't where I want to be. This isn't comfortable for me. This isn't normal. Now to some people that might feel normal. That might feel like, yes, thank you. We have structure. It's all dependent upon your perspective of things, right? I could go through a million different scenarios, but the key here is to understand that a lot of times whenever you're feeling triggered from a manager and the way that the manager is conducting themselves, it has something to do with your upbringing from a parent. But again, we've got to go through and see how deep the trigger is. How much of a negative reaction are we feeling towards this person? Are they just a little agitating? Is it annoying? Is it an inconvenience? Or does it really make you feel some deep, strong, negative emotion? Are you feeling ashamed? Are you feeling guilty? Are you feeling like someone's pinning you down and beating you. Like what do you feel in those moments of when you are experiencing those triggers from a boss? And then we have to pull that back and see how it can relate to our parents. Now the next part I want to go over is the self-esteem portion, which we covered a full episode on that, but your self-esteem definitely plays a role in the workplace because it's not just one-on-one, right? Like this isn't just only with dating where you're just focusing only on this one individual. You've got several different individuals, several different characters at play here. You might feel like you're on display. You might feel like other people are watching you. So your self-esteem and the way that you may practice perceiving yourself through others is going to be more prevalent and more common in a work environment, kind of similar to how it may have been in school, but you're going to feel that more. So depending on where your self-esteem is, when it comes to your work, this can highly trigger you. A lot of times we may attract other coworkers that reflect back to us some of our hidden beliefs that we have about ourselves. So if you're dealing with a coworker, on a regular basis. And for some reason, they just seem to want to sabotage you quite a bit, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with this person? They see something special in you and they are feeling inadequate. But if you feel inadequate when in their presence, you two are mirroring each other and you're triggering each other with your self-esteem issues. So it can play out in several different forms when it comes to your self-esteem in the workplace. But think about how are you perceiving yourself 
at work? Are you confident? Are you speaking up? Are you sharing what it is you want to share? Are you doing a good job in what you're doing? Do you feel like you're trying, but you're really not getting it, but you don't want to say anything because you don't want to feel like you can't do the job or you're not going to be seen as valuable or whatever. All of these things are affecting the way that you may react to your environment in the workplace. On top of that, we can have a lot of those triggers tied to being competent or things that we experienced during school in the workplace. So if you struggled in school with feeling like you could do a good job or you could meet the assignment or you got good grades or you are a great test taker or a bad test taker, or maybe you felt like you had to perform and be on display, whatever was built around that, if we struggled in that area, those triggers may come up in the workplace. Now, the thing is, they can be so strong within ourselves that even if we are fully capable, even if we can do the job and maybe we just need to push ourselves a little bit more, that trigger is so strong with taking you back and regressing you to maybe how you felt when you failed a test or maybe even if you flunked out of a class or whatever it was, you might feel a trigger so strong in that area that you can actually block yourself from progressing and improving in your work life. You might find yourself avoiding advancing in your career just because whenever you do tend to want to advance or move forward or do something new or grow or expand in some way, those triggers are so strong when they come up that you're like, I just can't do this. I I would rather just stay where I'm at. I don't want to feel those triggers. I want to feel uncomfortable. I feel like I'm not good enough and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a place where I don't feel good enough, but we have to go within and focus on what? Our capabilities. Oftentimes we get in our heads. We start telling ourselves what we cannot do because of some reason. We start trying to find evidence of why we can't do it. And then we keep ourselves from actually allowing ourselves to have the experience that we really are desiring that we really do want. So feeling competent, feeling like you did well in school or you did bad in school can be reflected in the working environment. Another big trigger that comes up are those self-worth triggers. Hello, this is us getting paid, right? We're not working for peanuts here. We're working so that we can afford our living. We may even work because we actually enjoy what we're doing, but typically people are working for money. So your self-worth and how you feel about what you're worth is going to play a big role here in the workplace. In this regard, when it comes to feeling like you hate your job, right? You might feel like you really don't like your job. You're not getting paid enough, right? People aren't treating you right. In that moment, you're going to feel triggered because you're being reminded that you are worth way more than this. So that's going to come up for you. However, there are also times where 
you may receive an opportunity, but you may not feel very worthy of it. You might start getting in your head, telling yourself, oh no, I really can't do it. Oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to be good enough. Oh, they're going to find out that I'm not good in this, whatever. And you may keep yourself from receiving the thing that you're looking for. So self-worth plays a role. So your views about money, this can also be a thought or belief of thinking that people who make a lot of money, people that are successful are bad people, they are rude, they're materialistic, they are greedy, whatever. And in those moments that you're presented with opportunities to step into receiving more, those old beliefs of those ways that you view people with money may come up. You might feel triggered in that experience and start feeling like, well, no, like I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm a good person. Uh, I don't take advantage of people. Whoa, it's just money. It's just money, right? We made it up. It's like you taking out a piece of paper right now, putting a random number on it, and then assigning a belief that that is then evil or that is not good. So we have to take some time to really understand where are our beliefs coming from in regards to our self-worth and money and success and how do you view other people that are successful and worthy? Do you think that they're manipulative? Do you think that maybe they really didn't deserve what they have? What are your beliefs around that? Because what beliefs you have about other people in that light will affect the way that you may view yourself in that light. So some triggers may come up in that way. Now, another way that triggers come up in the workplace are those relational triggers. Now, again, we meet so many people. We have all these different people that play different roles in our lives as we're younger. And those personalities, those personas, those interactions, the way that they treat us, those things are so ingrained in our memory that we tend to apply them to new people as well. So if you have had a negative experience with a person who treated you a certain type of way, how that person was may have some similar characteristics to some of the people in your workplace. They're not the same people, but they feel and seem so similar to that person. And you might feel triggered by them. You're like, I can't stand them. Oh, they get on my nerves. Who do they remind you of? Because they remind you of someone. (laughs) Who do they remind you of? Take time to figure that out. Because that's where that trigger may be coming from. Another way that we may feel triggered is feelings of fear around failure. So obviously in the workplace, we want to win. We want to succeed. We don't want to seem inadequate. We don't want to seem like we can't do the job. We don't want to seem that we're not valuable. But if we have so much fear around it, fear around failure, fear around making those mistakes, that anytime we do make a mistake or anytime things don't go perfectly for us in that way, we may feel triggered. Now, this trigger can manifest itself in the way that we respond similar to how we were treated as children. So... Did you have an overbearing parent or individual tell you, you know, no, if you don't do this right, if you don't get this done, you're not good enough. 
we're going to disown you. You're not a part of the family anymore if you, unless you can do it like this. Have you ever been told that? Man, could you imagine the depth of how strong that trigger could be even from just making a simple mistake in the workplace? So the key here is to focus on how are you feeling whenever you experience something that you don't like? What does it remind you of? And that's where we can go through and find those triggers. If you find someone super annoying, it's just like, oh my God, I can't stand them. I can't stand their voice. I can't stand the way they walk. I can't stand the way they talk. I can't stand anything about them. They just irk me. What are they reminding you of? And I guarantee you, you can trace it back to someone from when you were growing up. And something they've done to you or how they treated you that made you feel very uncomfortable. Another thing, particularly for empaths, which I will go into this topic in another episode in this series, is sometimes we may feel or think that we're being triggered just because we're feeling a negative emotion. But with being an empath or being someone that's very sensitive, you may not actually be triggered. You can just honestly feel that person's emotions that may not be in the best place and you may be taking them on as your own. This is very common in the workplace because everybody has their own triggers on top of you having your own triggers. Everyone has their own triggers that come up and it can affect the way that you're feeling, but that's not a trigger. That is your sensitivity. So we have to be mindful If something is having a strong feeling in you and it's ruining your day, you keep talking about it, you keep complaining about it, you keep replaying the situation in your head over and over again, that is a trigger. If in the moment that you're feeling annoyed in their presence or angry or upset after they have been annoying or angry or maybe they were having a difficult time, or maybe they were stressed out. If you find that those feelings and those emotions dissipate after you are leaving their presence, then you know it's not a trigger. You're just having a sensitive moment with them because we're all energy. We can all feel each other's emotions at times. So that's also really important to take note of. The thing that I want you to remember when it comes to the workplace is a lot of times you may not feel respected. You may not feel like people are taking you seriously. You may not feel like you're a priority. And a lot of times that comes from not being respected or feel as though, you know, you weren't cared for, nurtured or protected, or you weren't taken seriously, or people didn't believe in you when you were a child. It can come from a lot of different sources, but that's why you can tend to feel very triggered in the workplace. So what you can do is one, trace the source, trace the trigger, right? Two, what I would start to do is honestly create your own business or create your own side hobby or create your own little passion project or create your own purpose or create something for you that is relative to you that makes you feel good that you have full control over. When you do this, you will begin to 
experience what it's like to play every single role. You will learn how you work best. You will learn what works best for you as far as a workflow. You will learn what communication style you need in order for you to get things done. You will learn how much you need to be pushed. You will learn how much discipline you need. You will learn how much freedom you need. You will learn so much about yourself by really running the show on your own that that will help you to gain so much more understanding and you'll be able to actually articulate a lot better to others on how you operate, what works for you. When you can articulate something and say, you know what, I really work best in this type of environment. I really work best in this way. This is how I really am able to get my work done in this way. This is what works for me, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people don't feel like they have that option, but doesn't mean you can't share that. So even in that sense, even if there's not room for flexibility, you can still say that. And just say how you are compromising things. But you do need to express, this is how I operate in this sense. This is what works for me. I work best under this condition, right? Sometimes we're afraid to stand up for ourselves in the workplace because it's that parental trigger that's there. It's mommy or daddy that told you, no, you can't do it. No, go sit down. No, I said no. What I say goes, you know? We can have that type of feeling. So we may not stand up for ourselves. But again, the more that you take full responsibility for yourself, your emotions, your actions, your behaviors, your thoughts, you will be able to either shift out of that job role or that job company and move to a place that's in better alignment with you. People will begin to shift around you. They will start to treat you differently. And you will begin to have a more pleasant experience. Now, another big thing when it comes to triggers is that what we don't realize is how we're feeling about the experience will always be magnified in our reality and reflected back to us. So if you cannot stand your job, if you can't stand the people in the job, You don't want the job anymore. You are mentally rejecting the job. What happens? A lot of times, the job gets worse. People start treating you even worse than they were before. You start getting overlooked. You're not respected. What happens is because you are rejecting the experience, you're rejecting the job, the job has no choice but to show up and reject you. And it's rejecting you more because you're rejecting it. So what you're rejecting will only reject you back to reconfirm more of the belief that you don't want the job. So your brain's like, you see, I told you we can't stand this job. Let's get a new job, which can be a very real thing. But if you do like the job, but there's just some things that you just don't like or some things that are annoying to you, but you really love the job, then we cannot focus so much on those little moments, but we have to focus and reaffirm for ourselves what we do like about the job and start saying that I am respected, I am treated kindly, I am treated fairly, 
and I do what I enjoy. Start saying those things, affirming those things, the job will shift drastically. Okay. If you really don't want the job, you're like, I've outgrown this job. I know I'm worth so much more. I'm ready to do so much more, whatever it is. Then know that when you reject that work, the work will reject you and push you further in order to get to the space of where you need to be because everything is meant to serve you. That's why I'm saying to you, whatever you believe will serve you back what your belief is. It's always trying to support you. So if in your mind, you're like, I don't want this job. Okay. All right. No problem. I think you need a little push though. So we're going to make sure that you really don't like this job so that you can get a new one, right? So you can feel triggered in that experience because it's being reflected back to you how much you can't stand the job and the triggers go through the roof at that point. (laughs) So again, find something outside of work, outside of another company, find something for you that makes you feel purposeful, makes you feel significant, makes you feel important, makes you feel worthy, makes you feel like you are the boss, makes you feel like you are in control, makes you feel like you can organize things and you can manage things and you can have things flow properly. You see, a lot of us are so afraid of stepping into having our own purpose or passion or business or whatever it is, because we're looking at it and we're thinking it's too hard. It's too much work. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start, blah, blah, blah. But just start off small doing something that you enjoy and see how you can apply it to expand out to other people. But when you do that, it gives you so much more confidence and you don't wrap up so much of your emotions and feelings into the workplace, which is temporary, right? And so you don't wrap up so much of your feelings and emotions in the workplace. So if you're having a bad day at work, you have something else to look forward to. And you become less and less reactive and less triggered because you have that feeling of what you want. You have the feelings of being respected. You have the feelings of confidence that you can do something. You have the feeling that you are competent. You have the feeling that you are worthy and you're receiving what you are worth because you are setting the limits. You are setting the expectation. You have to have those experiences for yourself to know that, This work environment is really just an external reflection of how you believe about all those things that I mentioned, how you believe about your parents and your self-esteem and school and all these different things. So give yourself that fresh start to say, what can I do on my own? How can I step into my own power? And then you'll just start to see people in the workplace as them just operating as them. You won't take things so personally. It won't feel like it's an attack to you. It'll just reflect to you, oh, that's just where that other person is. Okay. Sometimes it's really helpful too to break down those triggers is to ask people about their upbringing. Ask them, what was it like growing up for you? What did you do when you were younger? What did you like to do when you were younger? Get to know them. You see, when you get to know a person, then you change their character because you get to see their true character. But a lot of times we don't do that. We give them a character. We give them a role to play based on who we've met already. 
And we're like, oh, well, you have some of these characteristics of this person. So, hmm, you played this role. Okay, boom. Even if it's a role we don't like. But when you take the time to get to know the person, ask them how they're doing, ask them how they're feeling, ask them what they were like growing up, whatever, you allow for yourself to see more of their true character and you can gain a deeper understanding to say, oh, okay, I just take it with a grain of salt because they were raised in such a way that, okay, I get it. You know, they're only going to operate out of what they know. So it helps you to gain a little more empathy and understanding, but also to not take things so personally because you'll see that, oh man, they're not really all that bad. That's just how they've grown up and you'll leave it with them. And then you could focus back on yourself, focus on building your confidence and your self-esteem and how you view yourself in the workplace. And that can greatly diminish your triggers. So I hope that you all enjoyed that. I know it was a lot covering triggers in the workplace. There's so much more I know of how triggers play a role in the workplace, but I did want to cover that with you. But we do have more to cover. Definitely stay tuned for more. And remember, again, we are here Tuesdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this is Heartblend Podcast.